Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Shutterstock.com. Find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. For 30% off your new account, go to Shutterstock.com and use the offer code WEEKENDCONFIRMED11. This episode is brought to you by the new Squarespace. Squarespace introduces a new content management system, making it easier and faster to create a high-quality website or blog, plus mobile responsive designs with automatic device scaling and more than 50 other new features. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase on new accounts, go to squarespace.com twip and use the offer code TWIP11. Welcome back to TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today on the show, a very special interview with photographer Trey Radcliffe. But this interview isn't about photography or tips or techniques or gear or even a look at how Trey got into photography. Rather, this interview is about specifically how Trey built an 8 million follower social media empire and a profitable business that allows him to live the dream of making amazing photographs while living in an exotic location and shooting with amazing gear and just that kind of stuff. So give this a listen. I think you'll, uh, you'll get some insight into his world from listening to this interview. I'm here with Mr. Trey Radcliffe. You may have heard his name, I don't know, a couple dozen times before, but Trey is a good friend of mine and also a good friend of This Week in Photo. And uh, we we sat down about a week or so ago and we did an interview, a video interview, where I was able to sort of dive into Trey's, his methodology and thinking behind building such a large follower base. In fact, he's one of the most followed people in social media and probably the most followed photographer in social media, period. So since I know Trey, uh, we, we sat down and decided, okay, let's just demystify this and let's pull the covers back and see how you did it. So we did that video, and I thought I would record this this interview um, as an adjunct to that. You can still watch the video, and I'll link to it from the from this post, but I wanted to do uh, a one-on-one audio version of that for the specifically for TWIP so we could sort of reveal some of Trey's secrets to this audience. So Mr. Trey Radcliffe, welcome to This Week in Photo. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Fred. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So you're 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 the uh you're in Ki- you're Kiwi land right now, right? Yes. Uh just moved down here with my wife and three kids down to uh, the South Island of New Zealand in Queenstown. It's it's lovely. It's spring and uh, all these little flowers are coming out and cherry trees are blossoming and it's it's wonderful. I just see you like running like slow motion through an oversaturated flower field, Trey. I don't know. <laughs> it <laughs> With is. With music it's playing wild. in there's the background. These, <laughs> yes, there's these Thomas Kincaid esque HDR unicorns <laughs> frolicking about. Wow. Okay, Thomas Kincaid. Is that is that who you pattern your work after, Trey? It's Thomas Kincaid. No, no that's a common uh, insult that's hurled. <laughs> At me. What's wrong but with Thomas fine. Kincaid? Come on, I see, no, no. I Actually, see his work at my local UPS store all the time. <laughs> yeah. There is, there is. Um, actually, people always mean this as an insult, but I don't think it's that terrible of an insult in a way because, you know, I, there's this crazy stat that Kincaid's paintings hang in like one out of every six or one out of every five homes in the U.S., which means, you know, it's like forty or fifty million homes. Yeah, and so. That's quite an insult, isn't it? To say, "Oh my gosh, your art could hang in fifty million homes." Right. Yeah. And he's Very. looking at his stuff from which we're going to be talking about on this call, just from a marketing perspective. His his the way he's built that business and the mechanism that in and of itself should be an inspiration to photographers, just to sort of like, okay, how do I get distribution? How do I get my work out there? How do I get seen by those millions of people? Right. So, well, I'd love to see. Probably, you know, there's so many smart people in your audience. I bet. I, I would. I think there's something to the Thomas Kincaid thing. I've heard that it uh, was actually a tremendous commercial uh, disaster, and that mm. he was always having financial trouble. And 
But, you know, you see his galleries all over the place. And this is kind of some great dream of, of photographers to have galleries all over the place. But I'm, I'm not convinced that having old school brick and mortar galleries is a great business. I, I'm not even sure it was a great business back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I, I but, think it uh, might be an ego kind of thing. And that's so much an ego thing, but it... It's got to feel good to have people walking around eating eating bread and eating cheese and sipping wine, looking at your work and pontificating about it, right? I, I guess. <laughs> You're like, I would rather have them looking at my work on their iPad from the comfort of their own home, right? Yeah, I, I prefer just to you know, sit at home and refresh my browser and see if a, a photo has another view. That's, yeah. yeah, I don't... Uh, but there, I guess we'll get in, caught up in all in, that stuff. But. In defense of that, though, art takes on a different sort of personality when it's large, when it's blown up big, right? So looking at it on your little on your screen, even if you have a twenty seven inch, you know, cinema display in front of you, you can it's beautiful, but blowing that thing up to wall size and standing six feet away from it and sort of being absorbed into even one of your prints, right? That it's a completely different sort of visceral experience than it would be absorbing it on a transmitted light device yeah it's i don't know if it's better or worse to see it in person it's just different it's just different. and yeah you know i find actually don't you that you do go out into the real world to uh, connect with uh, visceral real objects and that that feels kind of nice and whatever and then and then actually you you quickly tired of tire of it and think oh you know I got to go back home and get back on the internet again. <laughs> Especially around the holiday season. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, oh my gosh, I've had enough of the real world. I think I, <laughs> I want to go people. get a <laughs> coffee or tea get on the internet again. Exactly. All right, well, let, let's dive into this. So like I was saying in that, in that little intro I did, um, arguably you're one of the most followed people in social media. And definitely, I could, we can probably say that without a doubt, that you're the most followed photographer in social media right now. Tell me where where are you at right now? Where where do your numbers sit? I have uh, I'm looking at Google Plus and I see you're at 3.9 million and rising. Um, on Twitter, 38,000 and change. On Facebook, 391,000. Where where are you at on Pinterest right now? Uh, Pinterest Pinterest has been going crazy. It's it's about 3.8 million on what? Pinterest. And probably about four of those are are men. <laughs> four people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's big with the female demo. Actually, you know, if you just I don't really have an exact demographic breakdown, but every now and then I just click on my followers and I see sort of a, a random sampling of a hundred people. But it is it is a lot of of gals on Pinterest. And the nice thing about Pinterest is they're all like real accounts, like Google Plus. Twitter, there's a bunch of fake accounts and yeah. all this craziness that goes on. But these are all Google Plus and Pinterest are all real people. And that's, well, let's work that's backwards nice. from that, then Trey. So, so you know, it, Pinterest is is the new kid on the block, right? It's it's late to the party, but but destroying everybody else in a lot of ways. So, and you are already. I don't know how old Pinterest is, but it's not that old, right? But you're already at three point eight. I'm looking at your page now. Three point eight million on there 3.864 million on there how how did you do that just just like break it down how did you how did well, you get that high so quickly i've always been contrarian not just for the sake of being controversial or anything just because it always feels right and to me artistically it feels nice to bring a little creation into the world and then share it with everybody that just feels like a very natural thing to do. It doesn't. It feels unnatural, actually, to create something and then not want it shared on the internet or to put up a small version or put a huge, ugly watermark on it. Um, that feels like it's more motivated by fear than by what is naturally human. And so I did lots of things when Pinterest came out. To me, it was just a, a visual um, linking tool, right? Instead of having sort of an old-school blue underlined hyperlink that is actually uh, a bit annoying to click on you know how about you know we've we've taken time to follow all these people on twitter for example but we see someone we even kind of like put a link up you're like oh god i don't really want to click on it but with pinterest basically what they've done is they've gotten rid of all hyperlinks and replaced them with thumbnails mm -hmm. and that just feels really cool and so 
I started sharing my stuff on there and pinning other people's stuff. Probably, I would say 80% of the stuff I pin is other people's work and 20% is, is my own work. That feels like a pretty, pretty good balance. And I did something kind of um, different with Pinterest. And I went through and I recropped about uh, you know 50 of my favorite photos. And I did this long thin vertical crop, which is painful. It's always painful to recrop your your stuff in this format. You only are basically getting, you know, this sort of vertical burka view of the world. And so I did this and it really took off. And uh, I made this uh, special exhibition gallery, speaking of galleries, called uh, uh, Cropped for Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And it ended up bringing, you know, millions and millions of views to the website and still does. In fact, right now we probably get a good 10 to 20% of our traffic to the website from Pinterest. So so a lot of the audience, so the, the This Week in Photo audience, are males, right? So, which means they may not have heard of Pinterest, or they may have heard of it and dismissed it as, okay, it's yet another social network that I have to deal with. I'm having enough trouble getting my brain around Facebook and Twitter and now Google+. Now you want me to start posting on Pinterest. Talk to me about just how how it works from a layman's standpoint. Like you, you roam around the web, you see something you like, you pin it, and it shows up to the people that are following you. Tell me, if, like from Trey's standpoint, what's what's the value add of Pinterest? Sure. Well, first of all, before I break that down, let me reanalyze your premise there, which mm-hmm. I think is a little bit faulty. Or Uh-oh. it's probably actually right on, but there are a lot of I think bad attitudes when it comes to all social media. Like, oh my God, there's something else I have to do, or mm-hmm. this is something that you know I, I yet another thing I don't have time for. You know, I think if that's the attitude of people, then you know they'll never catch on or they'll never enjoy it. It has to there has to be a, a purity, a, a joy of getting into it and learning it and and sharing. And you do it for yourself. You don't do it for other people. I, I hang out in Pinterest for you know, a good 30 minutes or an hour a day just because I love it. I love seeing all these little pieces of art and things that other people are pinning. And I love repinning them. Uh, this is just a great joy for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't do it you know, for other people or to grow the business or any of these. I think that's sort of the, the wrong reasons to do it. You just do it for yourself because you like to be stimulated visually. So... What Pinterest is, is it allows you to uh, do window shopping on steroids, except what's behind these windows is really just beautiful photography and really stimulating art. And so you basically are able to, and this is, this is great for all of us that spend a good amount of time on the internet, because we're actually incredibly proficient at seeing imagery and understanding what the photo is all about. It's actually, it's kind of sad in a way, isn't it? That you can just scroll by on Google Plus or Facebook and you see an image and you grok it in like three seconds. There's no need to sit there and stare at the photo for 10 or 20 or 30 seconds because we're becoming so visually aware of looking at these 2D Cartesian creations and understanding the alpha to omega of a photo in a very short amount of time. Our visual competency has just skyrocketed in the past few years, and we we take that for granted. And so one of the drawbacks, you could say, of of Google and and Facebook is it's only one column of of photos. Mm -hmm. So you're constantly scrolling and in need of new stimulation. But Pinterest is like a slot machine with you know, N columns of data, depending on how wide your browser is. And your eye just moves around and you're constantly being stimulated and you scroll and it's got a very high hit rate. And so it's a great way to consume a lot of information. And then it's also fun to reorganize that information onto your own boards. So what's interesting to you? So it's window shopping and you get to build your own windows at the same time for other people to shop in. So then you, you mentioned like you're spending a good 30 minutes a day on Pinterest, just sort of poking around. And you said one thing that sort of stuck in my head. It was sort of the, you're doing it for yourself or the nuance of doing it for yourself rather than, okay, this is on my, my to-do list for the day. I have, I've allotted an hour for social media, you know, cultivating. So you show up and you do your Pinterest cultivating. You tweet a couple of things, you go on Facebook and you like some things and you're like, Oh, I'm done with that. Now I can go on to the stuff I really like. So you're saying if you're doing it from that standpoint, forget about it. Right? You have to be doing this because you're, you're into it and you love it, right? 
Yes, and that goes with so many things in and around photography because, you know, I, I think that photography, uh, if you're one that believes in the internet and sharing and, and doing business on the internet, then only part of the photo is actually clicking it. There's so much more that goes into it. You know, people used to lament that, oh, okay, now after I click it, I guess now I got to go into Photoshop and I got to do a lot of Photoshop on it or, you know, I need to get in there and at least mess with my contrast or recrop it or mess with my, my levels or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that used to really get in underneath people's, uh, you know, they, they didn't like that at all. And, and, but now a lot of people have accepted that. And, but I think there's still another step now and that's getting it online and sharing it just as important as the post-processing. So, you know, there's still people out there that haven't yet crossed the Rubicon and enjoy the post-processing. Like, Oh God, I got to, learn Photoshop or I got to learn Lightroom and, mm -hmm. and I got to go in there and post-process my photos and this is a burden. And of course, if they're not doing it for themselves or doing it for the fun of it, it's, it will weigh heavily on them. And I think you should have the same attitude for post-processing that you do for, for sharing online. Like, it, like anything, it's, you know, attitude is half the battle. And you can... You can look at it any number of ways, depending on how open-minded and pliable you are. And I know people sometimes get set in their ways or they really like their way of doing things. But I, I think it's always fun to change and grow and challenge yourself and, and try different things. And, and if you see other people around you that are enjoying something and you're just not enjoying it, probably the problem is just simply with, with your attitude. I, I do this experiment all the time on myself. There's things that I don't like, but I look around and I see other rational, uh, you know, well-intentioned and clever people doing things and enjoying it. I think, oh, maybe, maybe the problem's with me. You could, mm -hmm. you could take something as, as simple as, as coffee. Like I used to uh, hate coffee. I thought it was vile. I couldn't stand <laughs> the stuff. And then I spent a really cold winter in Korea and I thought, oh, I'd love to have something warm to drink in the morning. It seems so crazy to have hot chocolate every morning. I'm not it just seems insane. I should try coffee. And I looked around. I saw all these other, you know, rational people that really seemed to enjoy coffee. It seemed to add something to, to their life. They didn't seem like they were crazy people. They seemed like, oh, they have something in their life that is really wonderful and nice to them. It adds a nice layer to their life. And here I am hating it. The problem clearly must be with me. So then I kind of force fed it to myself for a while until I thought, oh, now I see the nuances of it. I see why people add this to their life. And and, you know, that's a, sort of a strange, uh, visceral, real-world, you know, physical example of it. But uh, I think you can take that attitude with anything in life, and that also goes for post-processing and social media. Yeah. Yeah, kind of when you were talking, it just reminded me of when I was growing up, my, my brother, my older brother, had his, his hobby was um, building model airplanes. And... He built some remote control ones, some that were just sort of display, and he would spend weeks sort of with glue and toothpicks and, you know, sort of putting all these little pieces on there. And I was a little kid, so I'm like, why would you, why don't you just go buy one? I don't get it. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you'll get it one day, you know, and that was, yeah. that was his hobby. So, and that kind of, that analogy kind of is the post-processing analogy, right? So if you are, if you just want the airplane then you can go buy it, then the the path doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to you. But if you're really invested in having fun and getting gratification from the post-processing or building, putting the window on the little airplane kind of thing, and you get excitement and enjoyment from that, then that flips the whole metaphor on its head. Then you take that the fruits of your labor and share that with the world and you get immediate feedback because of this whole internet thing, then you have a recipe for kind of sustained fun, right? Yeah, that's a good way to say it. And actually, I was really happy when you, you asked me to do the, the interview um, for uh, that extended interview that you referred to about social media and strategy and tactics because this is the... Uh, pretty much the number one question I get other than photography and art related questions is, you know, how do I get popular on social media or, or what should I do or what's the purpose or how do you make money with social media? These are always the questions that I, I seem to get. And, and, you know, I don't sell any eBooks about uh, uh, social media or have videos on, about this stuff. I, 
I, I do, but mostly about art and photography, right? Mm-hmm. And so now in the future, I'll just point people to your your new venture uh, because I think you you really understand this stuff, and if people want to learn it, um, I'll I'll be sending them to that other video that we made. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. And we'll, I'll link to that in the blog post where this episode is. And just for folks that may not have seen that yet, it's on YouTube. Um, so if you search for Trey and my name in social media or something, you'll find it. But um, I'll link to it from the blog post. And what we go into in that video interview, which is you can see Trey and, and um, unfortunately me as well, but you can see us in there just sort of talking about Trey's path. The stuff that we're going to be talk, touching on a little bit in this interview but we got into the weeds on what this guy did to get to where he is today, both from a tactical standpoint and just sort of a mental mindset standpoint. So, yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. Okay, I'm going to just do a quick pause in this interview to give a nod to our first sponsor, and that's Shutterstock.com. They've got over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips to choose from. If you're looking for images for your website, your blog, a print ad, trade show swag, or even to design your app, Shutterstock is the way to go. They've got over 10,000 new images added each and every day. It's a global image collection, so you can find images from across the world to suit your particular project. You can choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages, so you can choose whatever fits your particular need without having to compromise and buy more or less than you need. Plus, if you need one image for your blog or mock-up, you can just grab that. You know, no fuss, no muss. You can download any image in any size and you pay one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high resolution images. You pay one price, you take the image size that you need and get on with your project. The cool thing is you can easily curate and share pictures via light boxes. So you can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your light box as you search and then go back later and Call that down to the perfect image for your particular project. Plus, you can use your iPad to do this as well. So it goes on and on and on. Like I said, they have multiple content types and a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips that you can use to build your project. And support-wise, you can get a dedicated account rep for you that will answer any of your questions and they have 24-hour-a-day support during the week. So you can check them out. Just uh, sign up for a free Shutterstock account. Head over to Shutterstock.com. You don't need a credit card to sign up. You can just sign up, and uh, you're on your way. Then when you find the images that you like and you decide to purchase, just use the offer code WEEKENDCONFIRMED11, and you'll get 30% off any package. That's Shutterstock.com, and use the offer code WEEKENDCONFIRMED11. So, Trey, while, while we're talking about that, so... And we're talking about just the the routine and the path around things. Give me a glimpse into your schedule, like a day in the life of Trey, with all these years. Because you're like I like I mentioned before, Twitter, Google Plus, Pinterest, Facebook, etc. You're you're omnipresent in social media, and you have a family, and you manage to generate all this great work, and you run Stuck and Customs, the business, and you have apps out, and you have a book company. How do you plan all this stuff, and how do you how do you keep all the plates spinning? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. In fact, I was just looking at uh, flatbooks dot com. That's our ebooks website. Right before we we talked, we always have new books mm-hmm. uh, coming out there. And and uh, the thing is, when I look at this, like a new book came out that I didn't even know about, and and it reminds me that you know it's not just me. We have a team um, right. stuck in customs is a you know real business we have about a dozen people that help out in various capacities and when i set this up i set it up so that i could be this sort of just creative guy or whatever that just you know flits around and and makes photos and does stuff that i think is interesting and awesome mm-hmm. and so you know what you're really seeing is i'm i'm just sort of like the tip of the iceberg the the rest of the the team really helps out a ton so i really owe them um 
all all the success. It's been it's been great, and uh, there's been a lot that's that's gone into it. It all looks like a master plan, I'm sure, from now. But there's just a lot of uh, countless mistakes along the way, and uh, lots of course corrections. Uh, but it really, to me, all kind of begins and ends with with the art. I do this stuff because I I love it, and I'm happy that uh, it's helped to influence a lot of other people and helped to change the way they they do their art or given them tips and tricks to to hone their own craft. Mm-hmm. I love this idea of uh, this idea that everyone can make very unique things. And how do you take your personality? How do you take that part that is you, and then use software and tools and various techniques to implant your own personality on top of your photos. Um, this has been sort of uh, an accidental um, uh, sort of arc around the whole thing, and it's been very meaningful to people, and it's been, it's been great. So I don't take any of it for granted. And, and uh, so as far you, as my day goes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Getting down to the, the brass tacks of it, my day... My days are always a little bit different. There's not necessarily a big routine, especially when I travel. Things go a little crazy. Uh, but as long as I'm home here in, in New Zealand, what, what I do is I, I wake up usually pretty early, and this is before the, the kids or anyone is awake. And I you know have a little me time and a little uh, you know yoga-type stuff and listen to strange music. And then I make coffee. And uh, I, I get through a little bit of email, even though I've got a great team and I'm able to delegate a lot. There's some stuff that just can't be delegated. So, mm-hmm. so I, I do these things, and then um, you know I help all the kids get out and to to school and breakfast and get dressed and always missing a sock and there's just all these issues, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then um, and then I walk out. We have a, a here in in Queenstown. I there's a little two bedroom cottage that's also on our property here. And I took this over as my fortress of solitude. And so I, I come out here and this is sort of my studio where I, I do um, post-processing and, and uh, make videos or, or whatever it is. Every day is a little bit different. I like all the variety. And so, you know, usually in the middle of the day, there's not great shooting out there because I, I like sunsets or night or sunrise. So during the days when I do a lot of post-processing and, and videos and all the while I'm always, you know, I, I distract myself and I jump on Google plus for a bit of stimulation. And I, I look through all the, the other posts from other people that I follow and I get ideas or see cool photos. It's nice to keep up with people and see what they're doing. Uh, and then I'll go grab one of my photos and I'll share that and I'll write a little bit about it. Then I'll jump on Facebook and do something maybe similar. Um, I might jump on Pinterest for a while and pin half a dozen things that I think are cool. Um, Twitter, so I actually don't. You're doing all that yourself, right? So you don't. A lot of people have ghost social media people that do things for them. You're. It sounds like you're. You're in charge of all your accounts. Oh yeah, I do it all myself. Absolutely. I. I wouldn't want anyone else to do it. I think that's a little disingenuous mm-hmm. when people do that or have a robot pretend to be them or. Whatever I I think, uh, and I don't know why it doesn't really take that much time. Also, I enjoy it. I like the back and forth. I like being able to uh, um, say things to people or reply or or whatever it might be. It's I get um, I get real valuable interaction from it. I feel like a human. It feels nice. Uh, now the downside to that is that I can't. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of really good stuff and good photographers out there that I never get to see their work and I never comment on it. Yeah. Um, or maybe I see it and I just don't have time to comment on it. Um, but you know, rest assured, if I ever leave a comment or a reply or something, it's always really me. Um, I'm sure that you know we we have enough resources where I could have I I could have people doing this all the time and leaving comments and and this and that. But that that just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. Now, what about automation? Are you are you at at any point in this flow using services like Hootsuite or others to to automate the process of posting so that you can you can be posting when you're like say in Thailand or Korea or someplace? No, I think that's that's fine if people do that. Um, that's not the end of the world. Uh, if people want to use these automated services, um, in a way, I do do that with my blog because I, let's say I go on a, a four or five day trip, I'll go ahead and load up the blog with 
post so that they auto post at midnight on subsequent days. Mm-hmm. So it's you can say that using Hootsuite and these kinds of things isn't that different. Um, so those are those are fine uh, things too if people want to uh, have something automated that appears. Now, are you so you you mentioned posting at midnight? Is that is that a standard sort of time? thing that you've set for yourself every day at midnight you post a new photo yeah so the and that's sort of a key thing that we didn't really mention is Mm -hmm. that even though i'm on all these various social networks i have the the center of my digital life is the blog Mm -hmm. there at stuckincustoms.com because that to me is the permanent thing that's sort of the mother load that is the digital version of me that's always you know, growing and changing and being added to. It's the, it's the true, uh, you know, one ring uh, that uh, I, I keep. Um, all these other streams, they're much more ephemeral and they don't seem to uh, last very long when you put stuff out there. You know, mm-hmm. does it? It just feels like it just kind of goes away quite quickly. It's a conveyor belt, yeah. Yes, and the, uh, the blog just feels like my home. And every day around midnight. Midnight's relative. I think it's midnight central time or something. It's whenever I got it started back in Austin. Uh, that's when the new, the new post goes up, a new, a new photo every day. Then I talk a little bit about the story and, and sometimes talk about uh, how it was processed. So these photos that, that, that go up every day, this is a good point because a, a lot of photographers are like, oh, geez, I, I, I want to be like Trey, but I, I got to go out and shoot a new photo every day. You're not shooting a new photo every day. You have a cache of photos that you've created a while ago that you just sort of harvest and say, okay, this is the new photo. I'm going to post process this one and post it. Is that, is that accurate? Yes. I, I don't think, well, it's hard. There's a lot of people that say it's good to go out and take a photo every single day. And I think it depends on the person. I think I'm more the kind of person that is extremely productive. Like when the muse is visiting. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Um, And then, so at those times, I'm incredibly uh, productive. I have, like, I just looked at my Lightroom, and I have 60,000 unprocessed photos. Jeez. Now, they're not all winners, believe me. But there's a few winners in there. And I do enjoy, um, you know, jumping through the the time machine of the past several years and and plucking a few of them out to process. And so sometimes I'm, the muse, you know, the walking around with my camera muse is visiting, and I go out and take a lot of photos. Sometimes the post-processing muse comes to visit, and I just sit there and and I just jam on on processing a ton of photos, and I love it. And then I I stick all the I have a good system, you know, for having for knowing what's been published and what hasn't been published, and so I, I kind of keep track of all those things. And whenever it comes time to post something to an account, I just look inside one of these folders, and I I know what's gone out and what hasn't gone out, and so it's it's uh, that's how I keep track of stuff. That's that's lovely. See that I think that little nugget right there will change the way a lot of photographers are approaching this stuff because it it seems overwhelming when you when you do this just in time processing, right? You know, like okay, I did I did a photo walk today. I got to post a print. You know, I got to post an image. But if yeah. you, if you think of it from the standpoint of look at my hard drive, I have all this all this gold on there that I okay, yeah. let me share this one. You know, let me let me give it some love and put it out there. This yeah, the daily thing can be a burden to a lot of people. But in defense of that method, I there have been all kinds of studies done. I think it's really based on your personality and how you learn and how you how you succeed. Because there's a there's a pretty significant segment of the population that needs this kind of routine or template in order to get them going. And maybe they could be freed into something else later on. There's a great study that was mentioned by uh, Kevin Kelly. Um, he used to be the editor of Wired, and I might get the, the details of this story wrong, but it was a ceramics class, you know, a class where you make pots. And, and so the, the class was divided into two halves, and one half of the class was told, okay, all you have to do is make uh, one pot the entire semester. You, just make, you can make as many pots as you want, but all you really need to make is one pot and just turn in that pot at the end of the year, and you'll get, you'll get an A. Mm-hmm. Um, the other... Uh, half of the class said, okay, you guys, um, all you have to do is come in and make one pot every day. All right. And of course, everyone ended up getting A's. It's one of those kind of classes. But the purpose of the study was that 
those people that had to go make a pot every single day, all of their pots were just way better in the end than mm-hmm. the person that just had to make a couple pots. So, you know, they're, if you're if you're having to go out and and make photos every day, inevitably you'll end up getting better. It really depends on your your personality and how you can weather that daily storm. Yeah, man, that's great. Before we continue with this interview, I'd like to remind our listeners that we're currently running a contest to give away a copy of Sil Arena's Lighting for Digital Photography book. To enter, just enter your name on the contest page at thisweekinphoto.com, and um, we'll link to that. We'll link directly to the contest from this episode's blog post. Now back to our show. So Trey, I want to I want to rewind back to what you were talking about in terms of designing the way that you wanted to approach life, right? So with stuck in customs and your photography and um, designing a business to support the lifestyle that you wanted. So Timothy Ferris, the author of the Four Hour Work Week, um, I'm not sure if he's the one that coined the phrase, but he used this phrase called lifestyle design, where you figure out what kind of life you want to live. And then you rewind back from that to figure out how do you get from where you are to where that is. Is that the kind of methodology you used in your brain when you were like, okay, how, what would it take to make Trey Ratcliffe happy? I want to be this, this is the ideal world. And okay, here's, here's a checklist of what it would take to get me there. Is that, is that how that came about? I, yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to say it. And, I think I, I came at this stuff independently of, of Tim Ferriss. I found out about that, you know, after I had been doing it for three or four years and mm-hmm. go, yeah, that that's, that's pretty much it. And there is, you know, I don't want to get too sci-fi on you or anything, <laughs> but there, we're there all is geeks this, here, Trey, go ahead. You're yeah. Good. <laughs> there is this wonderful idea of, you know, the multiverse and parallel universes and that yeah. every time you make a decision, you actually don't make the decision. You make both decisions, and both yous move on in that in that world. And and um, so you know, every version of you is currently out there, and you can kind of choose which of these future paths you want to move your active consciousness into. And so you know, whenever anything comes up, whenever I have to make a big decision that could have some kind of effect on the future, um, you know, it just takes a great amount of of concentration to go ahead and take several chess moves forward and think about every path and rivulet that this delta might go down. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of choose uh, where you want to put your consciousness into and what you're going to focus on. And all these decisions are tremendously important. Um, and there are meta decisions that you make that affect all the little tactical choices. Like early on, Here's a really good example, and this ended up informing a whole panoply of decisions later later uh, down the decision tree. So, you know, my, my background is computer science and math, so I love coding. I love everything about computers and and this sort of thing. And and the thing is, like all photographers, I think I think many photographers are are very just clever, left brained, analytical people. And they can do a great number of things. They can do everything from, you know, from, from websites to really understanding all the optics of their lens to, um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things in life that you can be good at if you're a photographer. You're probably good at many, many other things. Anyway, uh, what I chose to do is there was this, uh, this is back in the day, this is when Flickr was the only game in town, mm-hmm. right? And so every day I would spend about five minutes tagging my photos, all right? And I, I love to read, I love literature, I love words, all this sort of stuff. And so I really enjoyed tagging my photos. I thought it was great fun, not only coming up with the, the basic tags, but coming up with other sort of orthogonal tags that are interesting. And I, I got actually great joy, and I felt pretty skilled at tagging my photos. But then I took a step back and said, wait a minute, if I... If I didn't spend five minutes a day tagging my photos, what would I do? And then I thought, well, that would give me an extra 30 minutes per week, probably give me another few hours per month. And then I thought, well, you know, I can do a lot with a few hours with a camera and post-processing. I should really, if I can squeeze an extra two hours of photography and post-processing 
per month, I should really do it. So I jumped on this thing called odesk.com. And it's a wonderful little service where you can have, you know, people from all over the world do all kinds of things for you, no matter how strange. So I jumped on there and said, I need someone to tag my photos every day. And I got all these offers that came in and, you know, people from Bangladesh and Russia and, and India and uh, Canada and we even had an American apply. And I ended up hiring the American who happened to be an English lit major who was just, I guess, down on his luck and looking for some extra extra money and he seemed to like tagging stuff. And So anyway, uh, we hired him to start tagging my photos and that freed up several hours uh, per per month. And then I started thinking about, well, there's all these other little five-minute and ten-minute tasks that kind of you know, suck up my time. Um, and even though I like, for example, I like PHP and I love diving into WordPress PHP to fix something up or to change the boldness on a date font or whatever it might be, even though that might take me a very short amount of time, I just I stopped doing all that stuff, and I started having very other other clever people around me, like a you know a, a cell or something that has these little specialty cells around it to help out. And sometimes it's temporary, sometimes it's long term. Uh, but this is how we started piecing together everything so that I could just stay creative and do the things that I felt like I was I was good at and I really enjoyed. So you were, you were outsourcing. So you, you discovered the joy of outsourcing through Odesk. And then <laughs> you started um, look, identifying subtasks that could be pushed over to other people to free you up, right? Yeah, although I never even thought of the word outsourcing. I, I never think about it like that. Outsourcing to me was always like a big company that used some other Indian corporation to do something mm-hmm. uh, quite grandiose for them. This was such little tactical, little, uh, not annoyances, but, but things that other people can do. Uh, but yeah, I guess you could, you could think of it as outsourcing. Yeah. Hey, Trey, by the way, have you, have you heard of a site called Fiverr.com? F-I-V-E-R-R.com? Sounds familiar. You have to check that site out. I mean, in, it, speaking of, it's it's kind of like the uh, you know the bastard child of of a proper outsourcing. <laughs> it's it's a site where you could say, you know what, I need somebody to get on camera and sing Happy Birthday in the middle of Times Square in a Santa suit to my wife, and I'm going to pay them five bucks, and they'll do it. Yeah, it's it's one of those kind of sites. Oh, yeah, right. you, you might enjoy it. I think if you go on that site tonight, be prepared to lose about an hour and a half or two of your time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's talk about services. Speaking of Fiverr and, and new services, um, when new things pop up like Pinterest and whatever else is on the horizon from Pinterest, how do you, how do you evaluate that that it's worth Trey's time to invest the effort to get proficient on it and maybe start building an audience on that new site? Well, I think it's fun to experiment with all this stuff because you never know what's going to work out and what won't work out. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I spent a decent amount of time on Google Buzz and that ended up going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Luckily, Google Plus has really gone somewhere and it will keep going. It's got you know some amazing stuff coming up, I think. So, you know, you just kind of jump into them for the joy of experimentation. That's that's part of it too, this idea of just going into the unknown and the the joy of um of uh, feeling comfortable in that unknown, I think is pretty pretty important. Like for example, I'll, I'll give you one mistake I might be in the middle of making, but I don't care cuz maybe we'll get something out of it or it's maybe It's an experiment, we'll right? It's an experiment. And I think you're going to you're going to do this with me, I hope. It's this new thing. What's it called? Feed? Yeah. P-H-E-E-D, yes. Yeah. So I was going to you know, circle up a couple other photographers that I know. Um, and Feed seems to be just like any other social network, except one of the things from the very beginning is you can charge people to look at your stream. And I'm already um, you know, doing... I have free stuff on all the other streams, but I have a lot of you know back catalog type stuff that I could put on feed. Yeah. So people that are really interested in uh, in the photography, they could subscribe over there. And so I thought I'd do this with uh, several other photographers for a year, just as an experiment, yep. and just to see. Okay, well, what do you end up with? Do you get like you know a couple extra dollars per month? Do you get a couple hundreds or thousands of dollars? Who knows? Because maybe. 
maybe feed will be a huge thing in a few years, or maybe it'll fizzle out. One one reason that I think it could be huge is there's all these celebrities on there, mm-hmm. and they're all starting to charge for their streams. And these are like well known people, and you know they don't they appear not to really need the money or whatever, but they're they're doing it, and. And if there's a ton of celebrities and there's a lot of attention over there, then maybe more people will will come over and more people will have money to spend over there. But then again, it could be a, just a tremendous failure. And if it is, it is. It doesn't really take that much time. Uh, and it's kind of fun just to watch it. And then I think it's also fun just sort of on a um, you know on a super organism level in the same way that humans are starting to turn into a super organism like uh, ant colonies or, mm-hmm. or bee colonies. I think it's just interesting to watch how these uh, massive social experiments either succeed or unravel. And, uh, you know, just just even being part of something that's a failure can be interesting if you look at it kind of scientifically. So anyway. I think the, the takeaway from that in a lot of ways is a lot of photographers or a lot of people in general, they they see that these new services are popping up and then they'll ignore them or dismiss them. Um, and when they start gaining momentum, like say Google plus or Twitter or something, then, okay, they're like, okay, this is, this is getting popular now. I should move over there. And you're saying, can you, you're the, the antithesis of that mindset where you, when you see a periscope pop, pop above the waterline, you go over there immediately and jump on and start trying to see how it can, it can, possibly be big play some put some chips on it for example and then let let it ride for a year or so if it fizzles you lost a couple of chips some time or whatever but if it if it takes off you're on the ground floor is that is that fair yeah that's a good way to say it yeah yeah that's cool so that the takeaway is don't be afraid don't be afraid to jump in jump in the water's fine <laughs> so trey what tools are you using when you do your your social media when you're on say facebook twitter are you using third-party applications like on in the case of twitter like uh tweet bot or or something like that to tweet through or do you go to the website proper and and do your posts directly from there no i do everything right on the website um i have used those tools in the past i think i was using tweet tweet bot a little bit but then it came out and i think they charged it's 20 dollars for it now right yeah it is it's pretty expensive yeah yeah then i thought well you know i mean I guess I could spend $20, but I'm not too proud not to just type in twitter.com and go to the website. So, and I know you don't get all the stuff that TweetBot has, but I, I don't really schedule a lot of stuff. I just directly interface. And, and also I would say that Twitter is like the least interesting of all the networks. Here's a good, this is a, here's a nice little story for you. Um, I just found this out, you know, so, you know, I've, I've started this uh, torrid bromance with Tom Anderson. <laughs> totally straight bromance, by the way. Yes, and, yes. Thank uh, you for clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we, we got to be friends probably a year and a half ago or so after uh, I found out he was photo curious. And we just started kind of traveling and taking photos and that's together. For the, and for the folks that don't know, that's Tom Anderson, the guy that if you were ever involved with MySpace, he was your number one friend or the first friend that you had before anybody else friended you, right? Yeah, so he, he he's the guy that started MySpace, and then he sold and left uh, when it was kind of at its high. And it used to be a big thing, and then then the uh, News Corp guys kind of took it down a, a bad road. But anyway, so uh, he he's in all the social media stuff too, of course. In fact, he started quite the social media site, so he he analyzes it all and has has fun with it. And and we're always talking about Twitter and what a disappointment it is, and. And I don't know what his Twitter following is. I think it's 100K or 150K or something. So anyway, he posted a photo from France just recently, and it was retweeted by um, Eva Langoria. Mm. All right? Yes. Uh, from me, Desperate Housewives. Yes. Yeah. Now let me see what she is on Twitter. She's got a ton of followers. and One or see. two more than Go. I do, I'm sure. Here we go. Okay, she's got 4.6 million followers. Yeah, like I said, and one or you two think, more. Oh, <laughs> man, wouldn't it be great? If I could get somebody with 4.6 million followers on Twitter to retweet my stuff, wouldn't that just be the bomb? Mm-hmm. I, w- I bet I would just get a lot of followers from that and a bunch of views. And what else could you possibly want? Well, 
Tom said, well, so she retweeted one of his photos, and he said he ended up getting like four followers and just like a couple retweets. (laughs) What? I know. It's ridiculous. So, which makes me think that, okay, all of Eva Longoria's followers must just be like bots or who who knows what's going on. They're certainly not very engaged with with Twitter. Um, I know it's all the media rage, but it just doesn't. It does seem in so many ways like the lamest of all the, the networks that are out there. And, and I don't think it's that great for photographers either because it's not visual. It's all links. It's like a matrix going by. Right. So anyway, that's just a little story about that's, Twitter. That's, that's scary and interesting at the same time. Okay, I want to pause the interview one more time to give a nod to our second sponsor. This episode is brought to you by the new Squarespace. The new Squarespace has officially launched. Squarespace can really, really make your photography pop. They've got these completely new designs that you can check out at new.squarespace.com slash templates. And these new templates showcase your photos in a gallery, a collage, or a slideshow. It's even easier to build these things with the drag and drop interface that Squarespace gives you. And the content resizes and restructures itself to fit on smaller browser windows or on any device. So in other words, if someone is viewing your website on a traditional desktop computer, then they get the full experience. But if they're looking at it on a small iPhone or an Android device, then your site will automatically and in the background detect that this is a smaller device looking at me and it will reform, reformat the data to be presented for that device. And then on top of that, it goes further than just restructuring the data. The images that you upload to Squarespace are automatically re- automatically resized into seven sizes. So when you upload your images, they get resized. So, of course, at the top of that spectrum is if someone's looking at your site on a proper large screen, then they get the highest resolution possible. But if they're looking at it on a small phone, then they get the lowest resolution possible, which means in the end that your images always look the best they can be and the site loads as fast as it can possibly load because you're not having to squeeze down multi-megabyte images onto a phone that can't use that data anyway. So definitely a cool addition to the new Squarespace. So for photographers, you definitely, you know, you should check it out. And there's no obligation to try it out. You don't need a credit card even to to check it out. You can just go over to squarespace.com slash twip. That's squarespace.com slash twip to start a free trial. Um, don't need a credit card. Like I said, just dive right in, but be sure to use the offer code twip 11. If you decide that you want to purchase your site for a 10% discount. Once again, that's twip 11 for a 10% discount. Now back to our show. So, so, so Trey, before we move on, I want to, before we close this out, I want to get some, just some really succinct tips from you on how photographers can start building their own, their own audiences. But before we do that, I want to dive into money, right? So stuck in customs itself, you've got this gigantic following eight plus million people all over the globe are keeping up with what you're doing. You've got a free HDR tutorial on stuckincustoms.com and all these other different things going on. What keeps the lights on for you? Ah, well, so the company's always, uh, you know, been, been profitable for the last several years, um, probably last four years or so. And it's, it's growing at a steady pace. We, we have many revenue streams. Um, one of the things that's been doing well for us is flatbooks.com, mm-hmm. which is an ebooks website. People can go there and get all kinds of ebooks. We even have authors um, that, uh, uh, that write about everything, even beyond just simple photography. So that has been a nice revenue stream for us that we've been, been very happy with. And it all got started because. I, you know, I did a traditional book for Peach Pit and it did fine and all that sort of stuff. It, it uh, sold out in the UK and US and Canada and Australia. And, but you know, all you basically get from those old school books is an advance and maybe a little bit of royalty. It, it got back into the black right away, but it's hardly anything very exciting. 
but then I thought, well, you know, we've got a pretty decent audience. I'll just try some ebooks. So we started writing ebooks, and that completely overshadowed any uh, anything we made from print media. So I thought, oh, there's really something here. And then and then I started writing more ebooks, and I thought, oh my gosh, I just can't write ebooks all the time. I got have other things to do. But we had this big audience, and so we thought, well, we're just going to launch flatbooks.com and get other uh, you know, clever photographers with something to say to write ebooks for it. And it's just been uh, amazing. You know, even Ben Wilmore is writing ebooks for us, and oh, nice. we've got I all know, kinds ben, of stuff yeah. going on. So that's been a nice revenue stream. And we also do apps. Um, the apps have been doing very well. We have free apps like Stuck on Earth. Mm-hmm. Which is a great. All everyone in your audience should go get stuck on Earth because, well, it's it's free and it's awesome. It'll really help you discover amazing locations to take photos. It's a great, it's a great tool. And uh, we have all man, we have all kinds of stuff going on. Um, so you got multiple but, multiple revenue streams that are that are almost kind of like micro businesses, or in a lot of cases, macro businesses that feed into the bottom line that fuel the operation. Yeah, and I really actually get a little uncomfortable talking about all the business stuff because I don't really want to be, you know, like the that guy, you know, or whatever. But uh, we don't uh, we we license a lot of photos. We sell uh, we have a lot of free videos uh, teaching people photography, but we also have ones that people can can pay for with yeah. other good stuff. So those the videos sell really well, and. Uh, you know, it's all just really good, good fun. Uh, we don't we don't try too hard because it is we have like fifty or sixty percent profit margins, and the team's happy, and we're very you know when we get together to talk, put on our business hats, it's very very low key, um, not high pressure corporate situation at all. We just it's really sort of all around the mission of of making sure. That uh, people are are learning and growing with us, and we, we do have this nice big audience. We all feel like we're going through this together. It's a long life, you know, and uh, we're not in any any kind of hurry. We just have sort of the Zen feeling about art and communications and and friends and the internet. And I love that. And uh, that that kind of comes first, and then later we put on the business hat just to make sure that, like you said, we keep the lights on yeah and then the other the other piece of that that you you sort of glossed over a little bit is the fact that you guys stuck in customs the the company is completely distributed right i mean you are you there are people that work in stuck in customs that are all over the place and there's no physical brick and mortar sky rise somewhere but yet you're operating a really really profitable business at the same time correct yeah, no, we don't have an office or anything. I, I don't, I don't think you need to have cubes to be successful. Um, I think uh, it's very nice that all of our team members are at home, or they go get coffee, and things come up, and it's very relaxed. I think people, I think clever, driven people, who we tend to attract, they're just clever and driven, no matter where they are. They don't need to be in some sort of artificial environment in order to be productive. You know, you can't, you just, you're in the shower thinking about projects or whatever it is. And then you just get out of the shower and you run over to the computer and you, you crank away on it because you're just extremely productive. And you know what it's like. There's certain people out there that, you know, they can do more in an hour than most people can do in a day. Yep. And it's these kind of, uh, it's, it's these kind of people that have really been helping us out and, and, uh, it's a great team and we're very, very, um, uh, you know, I feel very blessed and grateful for for everybody. Yeah, I mean the the ice cube. I call it the ice cube culture because it's like an ice cube tray with people <laughs> with people sitting in their individual little cubes there working yeah. throughout their day. I mean, I think that metaphor has a place in some businesses, and some businesses would not be able to operate distributed in this distributed way, but. More and more, these kinds of businesses like yours and mine and other businesses that are that are popping up are embracing this new way of just using the internet and relying on hiring good, smart, driven people and letting them work from wherever the heck they want to work from to get their job done. 
Yes, I totally agree. Now, there are, you know, having said that, there are some definite businesses out there where people do need to physically be together in mm-hmm. order to uh, accomplish a certain goal. And uh, it, that's fine. Yeah. I don't think those will ever go away. Yeah, businesses but, that were built on the culture of meetings, you know, like one, a, a company that starts with the letter A and ends with Dobie comes to mind. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> they have a lot of meetings and that's, they're, they're built on that culture. Yes, well, there's there's certain organizations where it does take uh, people being physically together in order to make progress. Um, that's not all organizations. Ours is not one of those organizations. But I, I certainly see the the need for for these organizations now and in the future. So give me give give us a couple of tips, Trey, from for the the audience on as photographers are watching this, they're like, okay, great, I get all the Zen stuff, I get the business stuff distributed, all I'm okay, I got that. But what can I do tomorrow after listening to this podcast to put me on the path to getting, you know, 8 million followers on a, on a variety of social networks? Well, I would just jump on one of these social networks, maybe Google Plus, for example, and then just start finding interesting people to follow and follow for yourself for your own stimulation. Um, do it like you would watch TV or surf the web or whatever because actually if you take your time to to follow a couple hundred people or maybe a thousand people, it will take you a while to find those right thousand people. Um, you'll find it to be incredibly stimulating and so distracting. It's almost like going to the front page of Reddit. Uh, there's just always something interesting happening when you when you follow the right people. And then... Before you know it, you'll be so stimulated by all these people around you. You think, oh, you know, I, I want to put stuff into the mix to make it richer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really nice path to go down rather than, you know, feeling like, oh, you know, I, I need to go get involved and start posting stuff on these networks. It's more like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation in, in the real world where you're just around, you're sitting in a room with a bunch of just clever Type A people that are telling stories are all involved, and you're like, "Oh, this is so, this is so interesting. I I want to participate. I want to put in my own two cents, or share my own idea, or my own story, or or whatever it is." That is really a very human way to interact with groups, and I think that's a very good entrance into these various social networks. See, yeah, after after talking with you, Trey, every time you and I chat, even when it's just offline. I get inspired to go like sit in front of my computer and and look at it through different eyes. I swear it's, it's, it's crazy. You have that, you have that sort of effect on people. That's like, okay, Trey's so laid back and relaxed. He's, he's like one of us and he's doing this, but he's a success story. So it's inspiring that perhaps me and this weekend audience, this weekend photo audience could do what you did. So thank you for that. Yes, I'm, I'm very inspirational when it comes to getting people to sit in front of their computer. <laughs> a, you're like porn. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> now, yeah, other people inspire people to go out and do you know, noble things in the real world, like go build latrines in Central America. Yeah. I just inspire people to sit in front of their computers and be happy. <laughs> hey, it takes all kinds. Takes, so <laughs> so what's, what's next for Trey Ratcliffe and, and the Stuck in Customs gang? What, what's, on, what's on the horizon for you guys? Oh... You know, just still a lot of massive experimentation, and we'll make mistakes in all new ways. And um, you know, we I just now moved here to, to New Zealand, so I'm I'm trying to get settled and and comfy and make sure the family is happy and everything. I I really want to spend a lot of time exploring more around New Zealand because it's so crazy that you I've always you know dreamed of, of being here or being in a, a really high target environment. And I've been traveling a lot the last six months away from New Zealand, which feels wrong in a few ways. So I'm just going to spend a lot of time exploring and seeing what I can find and looking for little treasures. And, and um, you know, and the team is working on many various projects, nothing I can really talk about. We do have a new app coming out very soon that's going to be quite awesome and different. Nice. And... Um, anyway, I'll let you know when it comes out. That's cool. Trey, Trey, you are living the dream, dude. I got to tell you, (laughs) you are are definitely living, at least from, from the outside looking in, it looks like the dream. So congratulations on that. Where, if people want to connect with you, where, where would you like to direct the, the TWIP audience to go kind of see the things that you're working on? Well, if they really want like the, the latest 
the best of the best, I think it's smartest still to go to stuckincustoms.com and sign up for the newsletter because then you get, you know, really good stuff in a digestible way into your, into your inbox. And it's a very personal thing to get in, in, to get in there because uh, uh, you'll be able to, you know, just see what you need because it's too hard to keep up with everything else that's going on. I can't, I think it's weird to direct people to five different places to follow me because it's just like, oh my gosh, it's it's too much. So if there's only one thing that you do, <laughs> you could get the newsletter. Otherwise, I would uh, f- jump over to Google Plus because that's where I do s- spend most of my time, and we have a, a weekly little um, hangout on there where we just throw a bunch of photographers in and we talk about photos and we show photos and yeah, trade like trades variety hour, right? Yeah, we Doug Kay was on last night. He's got all these stories about taking pictures with ladies in bathrooms. You got to hear it. <laughs> oh no! Oh my God, Doug. you wouldn't believe it. It's incredibly embarrassing for all of us <laughs> as he was trying to, uh, you know, dig figure himself out, exactly out of the who, hole. Which girl it was he was in a bathroom with? Oh great! All yeah, right. it was it was wild. Wow. And it's not. It, well, it may not appeal to your audience because we're just mostly just goofing off. And They'll, being ridiculous. They will they will love it because my audience is me and I'm going to love it. So, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's cool. All right, Trey. Well, thank you. I mean, definitely people, if you want to, like Trey said, if you want to connect with them, head over to stuckincustoms.com or you know, if you want to find them on any of the social networks, just Google Trey Ratcliffe and the name of the social network and it'll be... <laughs> It'll be the number one hit. He's not hard to find online. And again, like we mentioned at the beginning of this interview, there's an extended sort of video version of this this conversation. Not this exact conversation, but a conversation we had a, a week or so ago talking about social media and photography and photographers and how to sort of get your foot in the door there, uh, where Trey was really candid and open about... Um, how to how to manage all the stuff that's going on. So definitely check that out. A link to that in the show notes, or you can find it on YouTube. But uh, with that, Trey, thank you. I appreciate it. This is uh, this has been an awesome interview. I think it was highly valuable, and you know, again, making me feel like I want to go plop in front of my computer and change some things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, no problem. Thanks, thanks. It was fun. Yeah, right. You're welcome. That was Mr. Trey Radcliffe, the social media mind behind StuckInCustoms.com, FlatBooks.com, the Stuck on Earth app, and more. If you want to connect with Trey, like he was saying in the interview, just point your browser over to StuckInCustoms.com and you'll find him there. Alternatively, if you want to find him on your favorite social network, just Google Trey Radcliffe and your favorite social network, and you'll find him at the top of the search results. Also, to keep up with everything in the TWIP universe, you can check us out at thisweekinphoto.com. And if you're looking for me, Frederick Van Johnson, you can find me at frederickvan.com. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a PixelCore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.